social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race.
words. That's our word. Brought to you by Discord and Fiendphone. But hey, at least this works and it's not clipping. <sighs> and yeah, bit not. Um, and I'm in here with MK Lord. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Long time. <laughs> I know. It's It's been a really long time. I was saying earlier, this is uh, the earliest I've woken up for something that wasn't paying me in a really long time. But I got my caffeine. I'm I'm like ready to go. Wait, so, you didn't get your coke? I don't know check? what we're gonna talk about. I'm ready. You didn't get your coke brothers check? No, I thought still. I, I could have swore I sent that out. Okay. I'll... Oh well, it must have gotten lost in the mail. The post office is just terrible at this. Yeah. So last time you were on, we were like, kind of arguing. Not really though. It wasn't like, but is it Joe <laughs> Joe Rogan or Stephen Crowder arguing? But it was kind of like we had some disagreements. And that's fine because I disagree with like every one of the co-hosts on the Lulbirds. Like there's not a single one of you guys yeah. I completely agree with on. And that's why I like having everybody on because it's kind of like Same. what do we agree on? What do we disagree on? And uh, which is kind of funny because I keep getting accused of white knighting for you. And I'm like, really? Because I disagree with you the most. <laughs> like one of all my friends. I, but. Actually, I was about to say like we argue all the time. But like I love it because – we can actually disagree and it's funny and like no one takes things personally. Like we just disagree on shit, but it's okay. Yep. So no big deal. And I think we're going to disagree on this a little bit. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we get too deep into it, yeah, we're running a contest right now. Um, you want to uh, basically, you remember those, it's my uh, that's my purse. I don't know you, Gadsden flags with uh, Bobby Hill's head on the snake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I, I have those. I have an extra one of those. I'm giving it away, um, and it only requires of you a funny review on either iTunes or Stitcher, uh, and it has to be four or five star rating. And uh, if it's the funniest, we'll call it out. We'll announce a winner. If no one claims it, we'll move on to number two, and then Steve Miller Miller is going to decide who's who's the winner of that one. And, a pun- and there's a bunch of goodies nice. also in the bag. So, And yesterday I was talking – just just get through the announcements real quick. <laughs> but uh, yesterday I was talking about like, yeah, I figured out the uh, what's wrong with my Pixel, uh, my Pixel recording device using my Raspberry Pi and it's working fine now. And then it was clipping again <laughs> while I was saying that. Um, yeah, so I fig- figured out what happened. Like if I record something that's like 10 minutes – it's fine, and it sounds great. There's no clipping. But once I hit like 30 minutes or so, then it starts doing the clipping. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it does it, but we're not doing it again. And Ben Stone said he's going to sell me his Zoom. So I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going uh, I'm gonna. He's going to probably send it out to me, I think, Friday. Uh, we'll see when I get it after that. But now that the announcements are out of the way, let's talk about the fun stuff. Uh, so there's been some stuff going on. Uh, even in the mainstream news, I guess it's in the mainstream news. Have you seen it in the mainstream news? I don't know what's the mainstream news and what's <laughs> yeah. fake news and what's like alternative news now. It's like it's all in this giant chasm of like I didn't even want to look at it. So, well, everything's fake. But, news. but what's in the everything is fake news? Yeah. Yeah. So fake the whole Jeffrey Tucker real news. Uh, Richard Spencer thing that everybody's getting in a tip over. Uh, I posted this funny picture. (laughs) There was this funny picture and it was really great. And it kind of triggered Steve Horowitz. I don't know why he didn't get it. (laughs) But it was like, uh, I think you're. He's a little too serious about everything. Yeah, I like like Steve, but like, 
So, yeah, I want to say he uh, – I think Kinsella's assessment of him was right. Just stick to economics, dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I usually like him, his stuff about economics. Um, but there was a, it was kind of one of those what is it called? Um, bad memes for bad people with bad politics or something like that. And it's kind of making fun of the um, counter signal for fashy goys kind of style of comics. Everybody has like wiggly arms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it had Richard Spencer. I love those. Oh my God. And it says, Libertarians used, uh, what is it? Libertarians used private property rights to exclude me from, <laughs> from attending their, their thing. So much for free association. And he was like, But that is I free association. <laughs> and it's like, duh. It's mocking Spencer. But, anyways, um, that's but, the joke. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I've been making this post and a lot of people kind of confusing it. I am not saying. Richard Spencer should be allowed into these things. I don't. I don't think he is, he should be allowed. Um, they're the private owners of, of, of their conference. Uh, the hotel is a private owner of their business, and they don't want him there. And that's it. That's it. That's the end of the story. But I also think yeah. that yeah. But I also think that if we're going to go to that extent, we sh- there's a whole other group of people that should also be excluded as well um, for the exact same reasons. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I. That was the only point that I was making. But do you? Want, but I'm kind of burying the lead. So, do you want to explain what what happened? Because I'm, you probably know more about it than I do, right? I saw it in real life as it was happening because okay. my friend started streaming it. So, um, so I've always had this criticism of libertarians, which is why I kind of dropped the label like a long time ago. But I've always thought that they were a little too inclusive to garbage people. Mm-hmm. To the point where, to their detriment, basically, like letting in people, and I'm not talking about people with weird preferences or different ideologies. I don't care about that. I'm talking about like dangerous people who advocate for harmful things that are totally not in line with the philosophy, like sleeping with underage children or driving drunk or pulling guns on people, like actually violent activities. And it seems like these people have just been kind of allowed, these parasites have just been kind of allowed to hang out and no one's doing anything about it. And I'm not saying you should like fight them or any crap like that. I'm just saying like, don't let them at your party. Like there are, they're annoying, obnoxious, dangerous people. And I have, you know, I've thrown a lot of parties. I've organized conferences myself and, you know, I've hosted conversations between black nationalists and people who just got out of boot camp who were like rah, rah America, you know, in my living room. Like I'm, you know, Mm. (laughs) I've, I've, seen some weird things go down and the richard spencer thing is interesting so isflc is this huge libertarian conference and they bring in a bunch of people from all around the world it's international students for liberty and they have a bunch of speakers and one speaker who is explicitly not invited was richard spencer he was not allowed to be at the event so this other group called the hop caucus um hoppa they decided to Hoppe, yeah, Hoppe Caucus uh, decided to invite him to the hotel bar, which was technically outside of the main event. And they made this kind of makeshift sign saying Richard Spencer, ISFLC 2017. And they were trying to host a discussion in the bar slightly outside of the conference. I mean, still in the same building. Mm-hmm. And libertarians found out about this and started kind of crowding around. And I had several friends who were there and some people were having a discussion with him. Some people were yelling at him. 
some people were challenging him to a fight. Uh, it was like Cash a mixed bag of a bunch of people. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Uh, but like, <laughs> it was kind of great. So the video goes on for a while. And then all of a sudden, you see Jeffrey Tucker swoop in like Trash Dove's classy cousin <laughs> with his beautiful, like, he Was had he this beautiful too? scarf on. This... <laughs> oh, God. Like, everyone started cheering. Like, it was this heroic moment. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe I was just cheering in my bathrobe in my living room. Um, but whatever. Um so he comes in and people start asking him, what do you think about, you know, hosting fascists at this conference? And, you know, what what do you think? And he just starts, you know, telling Richard Spencer he's not welcome, that this is not a conference that fascists, you're not, you're, fascists aren't welcome at an anti-fascist conference because libertarian, libertarianism is an ideology that opposes both communism and fascism. I know, yeah, it's possible to oppose both. Um, but he comes in and he starts shouting them down and it, it caused a bunch of commotion and the owner of the bar or of, of the, the property manager or whatever basically didn't like the commotion and kicked Richard Spencer out. So I think I want to clear up a misconception that people have. It wasn't even the conference organizers or the people, the attendees at ISFLC who were talking to the management to kick him out which is but what they would i thought have been totally justified yeah uh, which yeah is which what is what a lot of people thought and when i learned that i was like and okay still would have nothing's been justified. changed yeah like nothing changed okay <laughs> yeah okay i have yeah. no problem but it, it turns no out that this guy was causing a commotion because he was trying to cause a commotion he was there to incite a commotion and a, a friend of mine put it really well these types of people these like alt-right kind of neo-fascist types they're not for free speech okay like if they ever get any more power than they have they will completely crush free speech what they're for is speech welfare they think that they are entitled to a platform and entitled to people's time and energy and that you should waste your time debating them on the merits of their argument you lose the moral high ground when you decide to be a nazi and advocate for ethnic cleansing okay so yeah i'm glad he was kicked out you know and actually the person person who took the video was attacked later on at the conference by people from the Hoppe caucus and people who were supporters of Spencer. So if we're going to be talking about like violence and, you know, how it violates the NAP and all that, consider the people who were being violent were the people supporting Spencer. Why would, and, why would they get uh, mad about you know, a guy totally... who's streaming of the video? That <laughs> Why would you get mad about that? Isn't that he kind of like an impartial thing? Because he's a pretty or... hardcore. Well, he's he's a pretty outspoken libertarian against fascists okay. and you know we were there were a bunch of us oh did i lose you what's that oh no i okay. thought you said hold on no i didn't <laughs> go oh. ahead sorry but there were a bunch of us in the comments opposing spencer and clapping and cheering on jeffrey tucker and Will Coley was there too there were a few other uh, my friend lucy steigerwald was right there in punching distance from Spencer. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness she didn't. But uh, I don't want to have that discussion she, all over again. Of course she didn't. Oh God, I'm tired of that. Yeah, discussion. Of, of, yeah. Of course, no one, no one was punched. Uh, well, actually, our, my friend was uh, sucker punched from behind uh, by one of these people, and there were other people. He's been getting death threats. He's been getting a lot of, uh, 
you know, people jumping on that video, commenting, of course, calling him a cuck and other things. Uh, it looks like, I mean, if we want to talk about who got cucked, I think it's pretty obvious when you watch the video. I thought they, whoa, oh, hold on. I ruined everything again. <laughs> hold on. Let me pause the recording. Pause. Okay. Sorry about that. Anyways. <laughs> what were you saying <laughs> before I so rudely interrupted everything? But yeah, basically the person who took the video was attacked at the conference by these, I guess, supposed libertarians. I mean, they call themselves libertarians, but they're just alt-right people. And he's been getting death threats and things like that. Um, but I'm curious, what's your hot take on this? Yeah, so... I mean, aside from other people who, oh, I think probably should be excluded as well. I mean, if we're going to take that stance, which I agree with that stance, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that, that there's there's other people who kind of have these dangerous ideologies that everybody's kind of cozying up to just because they view the other side as being so much worse. Um, not all of them, but there are – I have run into people at Freedom Fest who have talked about like, oh, well, you know, Catalonia wasn't so bad after all. And it was like, no, Catalonia, Spain – uh, when when it went quote unquote anarchist and instituted the CNT, which was kind of like their, it's not a government quote unquote, but it is a government. It was a de facto government, and it included censorship, concentration camps, um, a mandatory uh, a mandatory um, a draft, which they called voluntary, which was a joke, and uh, also censored the. Anything that anything any kind of publication that was outside of the CNT was forbidden. Uh, they also went around and uh, executed people who were ideological foes and clergy members, and people will be okay with that. Like they'll they'll allow for those people to come sit around, but oh no, we can't have the fashy ones because that one implies racism. As if genocide is even worse if it's racism. Well, I guess it is, but. Um, it doesn't make it good. <laughs> so I've seen yeah, way yeah. fewer. I've seen they're, in, in all my few. years of libertarianism, I've seen way fewer people advocating anything even close to left-leaning ideological stances. I've seen way more people advocating for things like monarchism, constitutionalism, and now fascism. You've seen a lot of these people who came in mm -hmm. under the Ron Paul revolution or whatever you want to call it in 2008 have gone full fascist basically and if you look at an event like freedom fest it's way to the right things like cpac that's obviously far right isflc i think has a better mix of speakers um but even you even have a split in the college um clubs there's young americans for liberty and students for liberty and Young Americans for Liberty is doing things like hosting my wanting to host Milo Yiannopoulos. And I mean, they've gone pretty far right with a few things. And SF, SFL also has its issues. There's even been people publishing things like, you know, slightly pro-war, pro-intervention type Ew. stances. So it's it, I mean, it is a really mixed bag, but I've definitely seen a lot of your more. I mean, I would even call it like Lou Rockwell type you know, paleoconservative people like that seems to be more of a problem with libertarianism than any kind of far leftist sentiment. That That is true. 
Um, like it's always been anti-communism, like yeah. which is fine. I, I'm anti-communist too, but it's been way harder on the anti-communist stance, generally speaking, than an anti-fascist stance. That's true. Um, but I, I mean, I have seen some people kind of slip in and they're they're talking about Cantalonia. I'm like, really? And this was Freedom Fest, and Freedom Fest might as well be Republican Fest. When I went there, it was like every other booth was something to do with like Republicans. Like explicitly Republican, right? Uh, when you walk around there, you're running into like big names in, in you know the Republican Party, you know, not just like oh ex Republicans who are you know now libertarians. Like no, like full on Republicans. I mean, there was um, Will Cooley's booth. Will Cooley's awesome. Uh, Will Cooley's booth was like right across the the way from uh, this this mobile phone carrier that specialized in having a mobile phone. But the the magic about this phone is that it alerts you when there's there's you know Tea Party or uh, NRA things going on, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're paying extra a premium for this? Um, and then well, across the way, well, a lot of those people may not know how to use the internet. So. Yeah, that's true. And their big <laughs> thing was like, it has Fox News. But, well, on did it. you catch the right? Well, uh, uh, I believe it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Right. After Porkfest, Angela Keaton went there and debated an author who was taking a very hard pro-war stance. His stance was so pro-war, he was saying war has been good for mm. the economy and for social progress. And she owned him in the debate, but like that they even were like, this is a legitimate debate to be having. You know, maybe war is pretty good. It tells you all you need to know about that type of festival. Yeah. And it's not even a festival, it's a conference. So they call it a festival is insulting to festivals festivals are parties and like fun times like hanging out with a bunch of republicans who don't even smoke weed by the way like these are not the cool republicans <laughs> does, does not sound like a good time yeah like when i went there everybody was kind of like hey I have one of those little vaporizer pens you know like hey take a quick puff pretend it's a regular cigarette like if this was jack fest everybody would be like oh just packing a bowl like no, no big deal in front of like you know Young children and older people, because no one cared. It was no big. It was no big deal, you know. People dropping at, like, right. putting acid on their tongue with like a two year old, like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? You didn't see anything." No, <laughs> no one cared. It was no big deal. Yeah, because you know, because as long as they're not causing a problem, That's, no one yeah. cared. You know, not even the parents. They were like, "Oh, pff, yeah, next time, can you turn your head or something?" Um, jokingly. <laughs> but yeah like when i went yeah, to freedom right, fest everything right. was ultra like oh you, you can't you have to smoke out out there but that was kind of like the rule anyway because that was just the the hotel rule because it's not a it's not a smoking area in nevada law but anyways yeah yeah but you can still kind of tell like you know they were still outcasts like oh those people over there are smoking cigarettes mm, you know but anyways um yeah i, I still had fun but you, i think you fest, see a lot of openness I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think you do see a lot of openness to people from different ideologies in the kind of libertarian scene. I don't think people get banned for their ideological purity or lack of purity as much as they get banned for just really sketchy, dangerous behavior, which I think is the right way to go about it. Like, let, you know, maybe let some anarcho socialists speak at your conference, maybe let some of these people speak at your conference. But they're not the ones who were organizing rallies against Jews in their hometown, literally. You know, like, are they advocating ideas that are wrong? Definitely. But they're not, they don't have any kind of power. They don't really have a lot of funding. 
and they're not organizing rallies for these things like Spencer has and other other figures who are just all right snitches who are who actually are calling for state power to crush innocent people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge gulf of difference between people talking about, well, what would an anarcho-socialist society look like versus I'm going to rally a, you know, a bunch of people against the Jews and <laughs> wherever he's from. Yes, I mean, like I could, I could see like letting someone like, um, uh, I don't know, even I, I, as much as I hate the guy, like I can see like someone letting someone on like Cantwell to debate someone like, I don't know, uh, uh, Carson from C4SS. Forget his first name. Um, I keep wanting calling him Ben Carson, but that's not Kevin. right. Yeah, Kevin Carson. <laughs> I, I can only imagine him and Kevin. Like, well, I think maybe we should put all of the Jews inside of the pyramids. Yeah, but see, like one of them anyway. is an armed lunatic that's almost killed people. Yeah. And it's totally right. Like he should be banned from freaking everything as far as I'm concerned. Like he is – you know, one bad meth binge away from seriously, like, killing someone. Like, he already has almost killed people several times. Like, I don't know why people keep forgetting this. He's pulled guns on people. He's driven drunk at events. He's assaulted sex workers. He's uh, called for the extermination of entire races. Uh, He's been, yeah, abusive to several women. If it was only about the things... Like, physically violent person. Yeah, I mean, if he he was just, like, saying, you know, three edgy five me stuff, and you wanted to put him in a debate, you know, at Freedom Fest, that's fine. I mean, like, I was just trying to think of someone who espoused these kind of ideas uh, and kind of distancing the the person's actions from the words. But, I mean, what, maybe Solon Indicus. I guess that would probably be a better one if he didn't... Well, I guess... Killing a goat's fine, uh, <laughs> but if you know if you have like these kind of ideas on a stage and you wanted to hash them out, I'm okay with that. You know, at a libertarian event. But Richard Spencer's not a libertarian in any respect. I mean, even if you got rid of the kind of ethno nationalism kind of thing that he kind of espouses, even if he got rid of that and he agreed that that was wrong, he's still a conservative. He's not really libertarian at all. I mean, he's just a kind of a populist conservative. Oh, did I lose you? Yeah, and he's trying to pray. Oh. Uh, no, can you still hear me? No, I, I heard you, but Another someone instant messaged me, and it kind of looked like your name was saying, hey. So I thought you got disconnected. All right, let me mute this. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead. And another thing that fascists do is they're preying on the ideas of free speech and open communication and debating ideas that libertarians hold so dearly. He's he's trying to manipulate libertarians into giving him a platform and trying to use their own kind of ideological stances against them. The thing is, you're not entitled to a platform mm-hmm. at all for anything, really. You can get banned from. I mean, I've had to kick. I've kicked people out of my parties for being creepy. They weren't really hurting anyone, but they were creeping everyone out and mm-hmm. being annoying. So I kicked them out. I physically removed people. No big deal. So to speak. Um, you know, I've not I've explicitly not invited people because they made other people enough other people uncomfortable, whether or not they ever actually touched them or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, if you're throwing a party, it's up to you who you can invite. And uh, Richard Spencer is trying to manipulate people into giving him a platform so that he can get kicked out so that he can kind of cry the victim and do his whole like, oh, I guess libertarians don't really believe in free speech. 
It's like, well, we have to have a discussion about free speech now because that's protection from the government for unpopular speech. It's not protection from private property owners yeah. or people throwing their own private events. Yeah, and I do have some some criticisms for Tucker, which I think are well deserved. But I'll get into that in just a bit. Um, but there was a thing that he that he mentioned why why he was doing it, and it made a lot of sense. I guess it was because he was hearing from people who were part of the media, whether or not they were independent media or mainstream media, I don't know, who were asking Tucker if whether or not he supported Richard Spencer's ideas because he was because Richard Spencer was downstairs with a sign that said International Students for Liberty Conference 2017, come re- meet Richard Spencer or something like that. And the media outlet was – it looked like it was portraying like, hey, do you got – do you libertarians support this kind of jackass over here? I guess I can cuss. I'm not on radio. Fuck face over here uh, who's been uh, promoting these kind <laughs> of really dangerous uh, quasi-genocidal policies. Do you support that? You know, And he, his immediate thing was to start screaming like this guy's a fascist. He doesn't belong here. He needs to go. Um. Maybe that was a little hysterical around the edges, but I think if that was if his goal was to counter the the claim that that he represents anything that has to do with International Students for Liberty Conference or the the libertarian movement in general, I think that was a right thing to do, right? Yeah, I think he was totally right. The thing is, if there wasn't historical precedence for how bad Nazism is, mm. maybe you know we could have like this rational discussion over tea time, over the merits of this ideology. But the thing is, it's just not that way. See, and I, I you don't... have to take a strong stance against this stuff because of the affiliation that libertarians already have as being far a far right wing movement, at least in the U.S. Historically, libertarianism doesn't even come from the right. It comes from the left. And if you look at some of the people who claim to be libertarians in other countries. But you can't have left wingers infiltrate your right wing movement. I know because I listened to Cantwell. Well, (laughs) yeah, well, it was left wing before it was right wing. And it's only right wing in the U.S. And that's because of people like the influence of people like Ayn Rand and Rothbard and Lou Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And people like that and the strategic alliances that were made in the 70s and 80s with conservatives and Republicans. So this idea that Amer- that libertarianism is this right wing movement, it's really only restricted to the U.S. I mean, yeah. some other people have kind of moved in that direction in other countries. But outside of the U.S., it's pretty much understood to be more of like a left wing type movement. I've noticed that. Conservatives in the United States, um, I can I can stomach. Like if I listen to Ben Shapiro or if I listen to Andrew Clavin, if I listen to Steven Crowder, I there's a lot of times where I'll be disagreeing with them. But there's a lot of times where I'll be agreeing with them, and I kind of like the overall sentiment of what they're saying. Um, and I kind of like some of the critiques that they have against the left. That's no problem. But when I listen to people on the left in the United States, it's a different it's a different ball game. Like they they just repulse me to no end. Um, and they're just constantly screaming racist, misogynist, sexist, whatever. But if you go over to the, uh, the if you go over to Europe, it's like a completely different ballgame. You're actually kind of liking the lefties over there, well, not the hardcore socialists, but you know the kind of labor people. But the conservatives over there are are completely different. You're you're just as repulsed by them as you would be over here on the left. It's because the conservatives in in Europe are kind of a weird. 
hybrid. They're not like the conservatives in the United States. So I I can kind of see why if you're in the United States, it would seem like, oh, these guys kind of meld a little bit more with conservatives than they do with with liberals. But if you go over there, it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. Right. And I, I would encourage libertarians to read outside of their own ideology as much as possible and study the history of it and look at people in other countries and the in different political movements in other countries and look at the ideas and the way things are discussed there because we have such a limited view of what debate can even be like here. And to me, both sides are equally hysterical on most things. I mean, I get so frustrated. Like, like I, I grew up, my dad was like a huge Fox News person. So I grew up with Fox News blaring like 24 seven. And it is just, it's insanity into inducing. Those people are some of the most hysterical people I've ever seen and so dishonest. And it's one of the major news outlets in this country. And as, you have to consider that that's where outlet. a huge majority. At least video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, yeah. Yeah. And a huge majority of people are getting their information from that. And it's just outright lies, including the president of the United States. <laughs> like, Facts and Friends that's is a the bit best problematic. show. Okay. It's the best show, frankly. Believe me. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, it's that's real people. news. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go like ahead. he's literally taken Fox News headlines and tweeted them out, <laughs> <laughs> like that were that were total fabrications. I mean, yeah, and I mean, and this is the danger of fake news and or you know not completely truthful news, whatever you want to call yeah, it. They, like they, Fox News has always been fake news. And to be to be completely fair, like CNN. They they're they have a they have they they have a really good game in kind of hiding their agenda, but there is an agenda, and you can kind of see it like how they report different things. Like there was the the women's march, and they were oh, saying yeah. like here was this huge protest, you know, for women's rights on you know Washington or whatever, and then when the um, was the, the conservative women came and protested against abortion, it was like they, the way they worded all those things, it was kind of like. It was more it was more kind of like look at these women's fighting for rights. They're fighting for rights. And here are these people fighting against what terrible things. And it's like, okay, I understand like that's your opinion of the things, but you're trying to you're trying to present yourself as like the objective news source. What you should be saying is here's women here's people fighting for women's rights. Here's people fighting for, you know for pro-life rights or you know like that should be the narrative, not kind of wording it kind of differently. And CNN kind of has this down to a science because they've been around the longest, right? I think they've been. I think CNN was the first one, cable news network. I think so. And then MSNBC yeah, is just trying to be a copy desperate. of Fox to the left. And then because they've been losing so mm-hmm. bad in, in this kind of field that they've been kind of playing into the kind of culture thing too, like oh, like and not not culture thing. Um, kind of like hysteria or whatever. They're kind of playing into that stuff, whatever to get news. Uh, everything's an outrage. They're kind of falling into that while still trying to pretend like they're objective, but it's kind of clear that there's not. So I'm not, I'm not, I just want to make sure that I'm not giving CNN a pass and just saying it's just Fox news, but Fox news was kind of the agri- oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the kind of the, the foot in the door for all of this fake news crap that we're seeing today. Well, yeah. And CNN is they've, they're losing their relevancy so fast that yeah, they're having to make up hysterical nonsense just to, keep people 
watching them because mm. it's such garbage media. Um, yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on CNN. It, the stuff I've seen, and I don't, I don't really watch major news outlets. I, I see things occasionally, and I'm, or like if I have to go to an airport or I'm getting my car fixed or wherever I'm at where there's a news station playing on the television, I'm just shaking my head the whole time, and I'm like, how can people intake that all day or regularly? Like, of course, Donald Trump is president. If people are going to CNN and Fox News and MSNBC for their actual news. I mean, and they're doing it on a regular basis. Like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's- I'm not a fan of everything that's going on. But there is two things that I do want to criticize Jeffrey Tucker on. One is kind of minor. And that was kind of like the way he was yelling in the in the bar. It seemed as though if you were watching the stream, you didn't know what was going on. If you didn't know the full backstory, it did seem a little hysterical and it's kind of mirrors what I've seen a lot. We were just talking about this before we started recording of like a lot of these kind of left or leaning libertarian people who are like freaking out about anything that has to do with Trump. Like he's literally Hitler. He's actually a Nazi. I don't buy that at all. But he, he's terrible. I, I agree with that. There's a lot of parallels. I'll definitely agree with that. Fascist. That's there's a lot of truth to that. But a Nazi. Absolutely not. Um but yeah, I don't he, think he's smart enough. I think he's being manipulated <laughs> by Nazis, but he's himself like as a person. I don't think he's smart enough to have any kind of hard ideological stance or principled position on anything. He's just he's listening to the last thing that was told to him. I don't think he's a dumb guy. I just think he says really stupid things. I think that's I mean, he's he's well educated, but stupid people can be well educated. I, I know this because I know a couple people who are very book smart. But very dumb, <laughs> like who who will say the dumbest things. You're just like, are you really kidding me? Uh, anyways, not gonna name names, but <laughs> but uh, I don't think he's really. I don't know if he's really stupid, but he does say st- very stupid things very often, and it, it's it's easy to understand why people would do that. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, or did I? Oh, I mean, like to me, I I tend to believe that people are about as educated as they come off and if you're coming off as a petulant child all the time then i don't care how many books you've read which by the way according to sources according to his own ghostwriter and other people close to him they've actually never seen him reading books like he's not he's not well read he's business savvy which is different than being well read you can be cutthroat and business savvy and be very successful in the business world and not be all that bright when it comes to philosophy and ethics and <laughs> science. I mean. Kind of like how Neil deGrasse Tyson will be absolutely brilliant when he's talking about oh, space. God. And then we'll say something like, hey, did you know that like all wars start with disagreements? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, is Sherlock. That, is, that, is that profound or something? Did I miss something? Uh, yeah, just shut up and talk about space. Anyways, um... <laughs> Uh, I forgot where I was going with that train. Oh yeah, so the yeah. End, so but yeah, there's kind of like this hysteria, and I don't think it's helping. If anything, it's helping Trump. Just everybody freaking out, calling him Hitler at every single turn. All it's doing is making people who will support the next tyrant who's who's on the on the right to go. Well, yeah, well you said that about Trump. You know, you said he was Hitler. 
you know, and now that actually Hitler's running for office again, like he's resurrected from the dead. It's like, it's like we said that about Trump. So why should I believe you now? And that was one of the things that I had a problem, especially with calling Richard Spencer a Nazi. Um, I think Richard Spencer is a horrible person. He's a white nationalist, arguably a white, white uh, supremacist. Um, he advocates for quote unquote peaceful ethnic cleansing, which is basically asking them nicely to move. But we know how high modernist societies work. They always say like, oh, it's voluntary. And then when it turns out that people don't want to volunteer to do that stuff, then, you know, then the guns come out. So I can understand how that's totalitarian. Exactly. But at the, yeah. but at the same time, but at the same time, um, I have a problem with calling him a Nazi. And the reason is because Nazis are far worse than what Richard Spencer advocates. Like he, he make, they make Richard Spencer seem like, you know, a walk in the park, really. Uh, some of the things that they believe, like they believe that like, if you purify the Aryan race, you'll create an Ubermensch and you create an army of these people. They'll obliterate any other of the lesser races from the face of the planet. Like it's nonsense. Like um, Nazi. He advocates the white, but like, no, he actually advocates, it's that white people reproduce more so that oh, yeah. the white race overcomes and that it's a huge problem. That white genocide is actually a real thing because people with different ethnicities are reproducing at higher rates. Like, it's not really a far stretch to call him a Nazi. Like, I really don't mm. think that's overstating what he actually believes. He believes in ethnic cleansing. He believes in, that white genocide is a real thing. He believes in absolute white supremacy. He's literally given the Nazi salute after Trump won the presidency. Yeah, I mean, somebody... like, this is just, this is not hysterical. Like, it's <sighs> like calling Milo Yiannopoulos a Nazi is hysterical. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I agree I will, with you on that. I will agree on that. But like, I, th- I hate Milo Yiannopoulos, but he is not a Nazi. He is a principalist troll who's also a snitch. And, yeah. you know, I, I have no tolerance for snitches, but he is not a Nazi. There's a difference. Well, is, is he a snitch? Um, and, and, oh, or yeah, the whole ap- organizing the rally against Jews thing. Like, I mean, come on. Like, he's basically waving a swastika flag. And um, people are like, well, we shouldn't be like, here's, OK. But here's the thing. But here's as the far thing. as. But here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Richard Spencer does advocate like, you know, like white people start breeding. But what but what the Nazis were specifically talking about was the Aryan race, was blonde hair, blue eyes, white skin, and that these people were – if you go into Nazi mystic system, it's, it's fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. It's, it's – it's, I mean it makes this guy look I, like – I'm familiar. Okay. Yeah. So for people who don't know, I mean like they, they really believe that if you if, – if, if the state organizes breeding – if they if they can control who's who's having sex with who for the purposes of reproduction, and they can control the the Aryans to pure out un unpure races from from the from the genetics, then the Aryan race will become the the Ubermensch than it originally was before it degenerated and started having sex with lesser races, and they will basically have superpower superpowers like they'll actually be like Superman. Um, and then they can create an army of these people and they call them the SS, like the SS they had then was like the precursor. And then they would, you know, basically control the world and enslave all the other populations or kill them off. I mean, like this is, this is a very far cry from someone who's just like, I have an edgy haircut and I, I want, you know, I want to live in a white neighborhood. That's basically all like Richard Spencer wants. What he's going to advocate may turn into something very similar, but 
when the Nazi does actually run for well, office, it's going to be important <laughs> because I can say, all right, this guy isn't actually a Nazi and I'm not going to get the, well, you said that about Mitt Romney, you know, <laughs> like that, which we're hearing now. Sorry, go ahead. Well, so yeah, you're right that Nazism does support like historical Nazism supports all these kind of esoteric ideas. But those were the ideas that were basically sold to – that's like the religious part of Nazis to people to get them to believe in this kind of mythical thing. I think the actual Nazis who implemented those things were much more cynical. It was more about power and control and oh, yeah. you know the, the um, will to power kind of thing. It was – they didn't – I don't believe for a second that Goebbels and some of these other people actually believed in the mysticism part. They just sold that to people to get because it was a very strong, you know, mysterious kind of religious argument. They that's what they fed to the masses and you know maybe the people in the military and stuff like that to get them to do these things, you know, do these things. It's based on this kind of magical thinking, but I don't think they for a second actually believed it, and that's why I think it is okay. I mean, Spencer is literally doing Nazi things, organizing rallies against Jews, things like that. He doesn't he leaves out the esoteric stuff of historical Nazism, but he still believes in what is national socialism, like, a you know, the white supremacy, all of that. I don't, so, I don't think he advocates for the so, yeah, I mean, I, for the economic portions. That's another thing I had a thing with is he, he doesn't support them economically, the Nazis, because the Nazis have like, this really weird kind of version of fascism. That's really kind of steeped in Aryan kind of brotherhood shit. <laughs> but yeah, because I actually, yeah. I like yeah. my sister, um, she's like, we're adopted from different parents, but my two sisters are actually biologically related. And once they turned 18, their biological family contacted them and they're all great people. But there is one cousin that they had who kind of fell into the kind of Nazi thing. And so he used to come around and him and his Nazi friends would hang out and I got to talk to them and got to understand what they actually believe. And yeah, they actually do believe this stuff. And I understand like, yeah, they, you know, maybe Goebbels and Hitler and all those people didn't believe it, but a lot of senior officers do. And the ones that still exist today do as well. Maybe the ones that are running the helm now don't. But that's kind of like the that's kind of the same thing with like Scientology. I mean, originally L. Ron Hubbard didn't believe this crap. <laughs> you know, it was just a way to get a bunch oh, of people of to course. follow him. Yeah. And then you know David Miscavige, the current leader, doesn't believe in this crap now. He hasn't I think he hasn't been in an auditing session right. for over twenty years. But at the same time, you know, like they're still yeah. doing these things. But I wouldn't go so far as to say like, okay, well Scientology is evil, but you know, Est is also, you know, the same thing as Scientology because it stemmed from it originally and has like a lot of the same thing. It's its own kind of evil. It's not the same kind of evil as Scientology. You know, they don't have a slave labor camp, but they, they do have some terrible things that they're doing. That's kind of the, the parallel that I'd like to draw. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Would you say that it's actually worse than historical Nazism because it's less religious and based on kind of woo-woo bullshit? I think it's more persuasive and it's dangerous in that respect. Um, however, if you yeah. were to just kind of level the playing field and allow them to be basically on par with each other uh, and – or at least at least be popular in the eyes of, uh, you know, equally, uh, Nazism, once it's in power, is far more dangerous 
but that stuff is dangerous too. But I think it's it's more dangerous in the fact that more people buy. Kind of like press TV, right? Press TV is like the worst, but Russia TV I think is 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 even worse because it does have far more, much more influence than press TV does, right? I think that's a, a better example, a better parallel. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's much um, more palatable. But yeah, and that's what's dangerous. Right. About it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and I totally agree, and I think that's why you do need to be taking these hard stances of it because it's basically a more dressed-up, rational version of Nazism, um, and that is that is more dangerous, I think. And I, I think they should be opposed pretty strongly. I think they they don't have a right to a platform, and um, you know. Yeah, people should be upset the Nazis are trying to infiltrate libertarianism and trying to exploit the ideals that people believe in for their bullshit. It's been working. They they've been doing a very successful yeah. job. Yeah. And 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 the real trick is really But like simple. the reaction oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I kind of I, I kind of covered this in the second episode of my podcast is going to be kind of coming out and I kind of cover a little bit of this Which, but by like, the way, you this reaction Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug it at the end. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have a huge problem with this argument that a reaction to something bad is the cause of that bad thing. So you kind of see this when people are like, well, this is why Trump won. Trump won because people were – because the liberal elite was making fun of and hurting the feelings of working class whites. So this is like one example. I okay. think that's total crap. I think you've seen these themes of anti-liberalism and racism and misogyny and all of these things deeply embedded in the popular culture, in the dominant culture. And the way you can tell is by looking at any entertainment you come across. And I'm not saying entertainment shouldn't be irreverent and stuff like that. It obviously is. I'm all for that. But, like, this idea that, like, there's any kind of predominant PC culture that's stopping free speech and stopping people from saying racist and misogynist and xenophobic things, it just doesn't actually exist. It's a manipulated crisis that outlets like Fox News and other far-right people have tried to say is a thing, but is not statistically relevant as a thing. What is way more statistically relevant is the idea that outsiders are coming in and taking our jobs and that women are asking for too many rights and these pretty boring kind of typical conservative ideas that people in the alt-right and the general conservative milieu are pushing as if it's countercultural. And it's really not. It's still very much embedded in the popular culture. And I think that's really the more simplistic realistic reason why someone like trump came to power is people are still unwilling to really critically think about some of these issues and they're allowing themselves to be manipulated by these outlets who are saying this is a crisis of free speech and this is a you know pc culture is so terrible without critically thinking and examining the other types of media that they're intaking everywhere else which is very clear that it's not i mean whether it's through advertising or comedy or tv shows or anything like that i think it's just i mean there's a simpler explanation and it's not that liberals are making fun of these white working class people white working class people are not special snowflakes who get their feelings hurt if they're called racist like 
I've grew up. I grew up around these people my entire life. Oh. But that might come from the white oh. working class. They don't give a shit if you call them racist. Yeah. Like. Well, they you, like. Here's a f- I, liberals would would lose their minds if they were around some of the conversations that I've heard these people like they are kind of racist mm-hmm. they are kind of they are definitely misogynist but here's the thing like I, whether it's I've, benevolent or hostile I've been experiencing this too I mean you would say that I, I'm definitely not racist I, I know you known me pretty well I mean there was a time where yeah. I would bend over backwards if someone accused me of being a racist, bend over backwards to show that I was not. Now I'm at this position where it's where I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been called a racist. And it's just only been in the last eight years, roughly. And it was, you know, kind of when when the left started seizing a little bit more power. It, every everywhere I turned, everything everything I did was considered fascist, racist, home, sex, sexist, homophobic. And it was just like. No, I just like I, I don't even know where you would come off accusing me of these things, especially like I'm not even talking about any of those subjects. I don't know why you're accusing me of racism. Um, And it got to the point now where it's just like, yeah, OK, I'm a racist. So what? Like anytime anybody accuses me of being anything with the, that, right, you know, there's an est behind it. I will just say, OK, so <laughs> and and I'm not. But I'm just I just come to the point now where it's just it's. Because it, it's such an overused term, and every it's been applied to everyone for so long. I mean, like, it has been abused recently, and that that is one thing that I will disagree with you with. And it, I don't think it's been eight years. I think it's only been in the last probably probably since about two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, somewhere in there. That's when I started seeing this kind of weird um, push to inject kind of, I mean. I don't. I don't even want to call it feminism. It's. It's really not. It's really kind of like this weird thing where you know, like where you just you, where you where you could basically control people's speech and the way they they function. And I, and I, I, I this one thing I'll disagree with you on is no, there there really is kind of like a PC thing, but it's not in the in the same respect that not in the same way that a lot of people describe it. I don't think it's in popular culture. I don't think it's in the media. I think it's very on on the fringes. It's really kind of in you know, colleges and on YouTube and on social media and it, it's pretty much nowhere else. It's you know, it's not on TV. I don't see it in in uh, the mainstream at all. And when people accuse it Yeah, of and it, that's what I was Oh, okay. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> that that's what I was going to say like so you've been You've been doing a lot. You've been creating a lot of content on the internet, and the internet has created these very insulated subcultures that are much more radical than what you're going to see in the mainstream cultural yeah. scene, basically. So, yeah, you do have these people coming out of the woodwork, but that in no way indicates a trend in that direction. Those are just subgroups, very small ones, too, that have bad ideas and. Yeah, they do want to suppress speech, but they don't actually have the power to do that. These are people on the Internet. And I think it's kind of important to keep that in mind when people say there's any kind of trend in this, you know, PC culture. It's no, it's not in the dominant culture at all. In fact, the very opposite is in the dominant culture. And it's only been heightened because now the news reports on Twitter spats and what's happening on Tumblr as if it's some kind of trend. And really, it's these kind of subcultures who are fighting each other and hashing things out but are nowhere near a majority so 
Yeah, I mean, and I backlash for a little while, too, because I was creating a lot of content, and I got some of that. I did get some of that, but um, I, I didn't receive really a whole lot of that kind of backlash, and it was so rare that it happened that I just kind of wrote it off. There were, like, a few people that, you know, maybe I was Facebook friends with, and they would comment every single time I kind of supposedly stepped out of my lane or something you know, on a topic. But again, those people don't really have any power. I'm not really worried about them. And that so many people are trying to say, oh, well, we need to worry about this as if it's more important or relevant than racism and sexism and imperialism and all these things that are actually happening and actually affecting people's lives in relevant ways right now. I, I have a huge, yeah, I have an issue with that because uh, I, I don't worry about what's going on on Tumblr and some of these more social justice type spaces. In fact, some of it's not all that bad. I've spent some time in a few of them and I'm all for social justice. It's the opposite of state justice. You know, I, I don't want the state to enforce any kind of cultural or social norms i'd rather it be done voluntarily through social changes and better understanding of ethics and science and medicine and civil rights i can see that point like you don't want the state justice over social justice but at the same time i see a lot of kind of mob justice as as far worse as a lot of state justice far far worse for example uh, I don't know if you realize, but there was a uh, a trailer that hit. <laughs> I'm sure you have, <laughs> but there was a trailer for a TV show on Netflix <laughs> called Dear White People. And I don't know if you listen to Brian Sovereign's uh, Patreon stuff. Do you listen to that? Uh, yeah, sometimes I do. I've missed the last last few though. Oh, funny but, you should yeah, miss I, that I one because that one stuff. he actually addressed my question about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he addressed my question about uh, Dear White People. Anyways, um, but yeah, if you actually had watched the movie, it was really kind of benign and it kind of really – I mean there was a lot of stuff that I took away from it. Like that was really good and I, I, I'm really not a fan of the social justice warrior you see stuff at all. And I know people who are even – you know, who would fall into that kind of alt-right category, who would watch this and walk away from it like, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in there. I'd maybe not disagree with this and this, but, you know, f- but that was the whole point of it is that everybody came out in that movie as a villain. Spoiler, sorry. But everybody in that movie came out as a villain except for one guy, a white guy. And it really was not what the what the uh, uh, trailer per- portrayed at all. And it was it was just a great – I don't know if it was great marketing or bad marketing. Brian said it was good marketing. We'll see about that. <laughs> But it was just basically try to get everybody talking about it and everybody lost their cool about it. But these are the same exact people who would get upset about the same mob justice that was that was going on against any other thing that was conservative that came on. And there was a huge backlash and everybody started boycotting like Chick-fil-A or something. These are like the same people who were, who were freaking out about the Chick-fil-A thing, you know, and it's like, yeah, pick one. I mean. I, I mean, like, I, I, I do understand that there, there is a, a problem with this kind of, you know, pulling the fire alarms when Ben Shapiro is trying to speak at a conference. Like, I, I get that. But at the same time, it's, it's not particularly helpful when you're freaking out about a 30-second trailer and you're not going to spend the five seconds to actually look into, like, okay, what is this really about? Or am I being trolled right now with brilliant marketing, you know? 
No one wants to look into it. I don't know. Right. They want to do and that thing called. And that's another thing. Uh, you really have to examine the marketing yeah. of these things. By the way, are these There's people? There's so much outrage. But, oh, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to Go say, ahead. like, are all these people who are announcing that they're closing their Netflix account because they're supporting white genocide or whatever? Uh, are these people uh, virtue signaling? Is that is that what the right word is for it? Is that the? Is That's exactly what okay. the right word is for it. Right. Just making sure. Yeah. We're on the same page. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, conservatives were the original social justice warriors, mm-hmm. and and state justice warriors. I mean, they've first of all, it's just crazy that whenever things start progressing in a slightly more humanistic direction, that conservatives get completely hysterical about as if they're losing their rights it's like no no one's losing their rights people are gaining the same rights that you've had the privilege to enjoy your whole life that's not losing rights that's equalizing rights and that's totally okay i mean like there is something to the idea that and i i I would be very i want to be very careful about saying this because I don't know that I would necessarily say we live in a white supremacist culture, but I think that I things that. are geared towards straight white people as the default system and preference or like, you know, it's, and you see this in advertising, you see this kind of everywhere, um, you know, heterosexual couples, you're, you're going to see more things geared towards them. Like, yeah, the, you know, kind of your average American white person is seen as the default, uh, I don't know, I guess consumer, basically. So everything is geared towards those interests. So when you start talking about, well, what about the rights of black trans women? People start getting really hysterical because they've never even, they don't even interact with those people in real life. They've maybe never even met a trans person. So they start feeling threatened because all of a sudden not everything is catered to their specific interests. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> like I, like one of my friends, I'm not going to mention who it is, but one of my friends who was a, a roommate of mine, we all kind of knew beforehand uh, after I had moved, moved out of, of state had ended up becoming a transitioning. I guess that's the right word, right? Transitioning. Um, so like, I kind of was a little bit more familiar with that because there was a lot of people who, who knew her uh, at the time. It was kind of like, I don't think she's going to be a a man too much longer. (laughs) Like I really think there's something coming down the pike. Um, and we were right. And it wasn't like kind of insulting or anything, but so I kind of had my foot in that door and just a little bit. And I thought it was kind of weird at first, but. Once you once you kind of understand it, it's kind of like okay, whatever. It, it's basically I'm just going to start start calling her a she. Now the, the now when it starts getting into like I have to know like this laundry list of different names and stuff like that, which there are like a very fringe minority of these people, social justice type people, who advocate this, but to apply the statistically the, irrelevant statistically number of irrelevant, people. yeah, and it's like. And then you apply it to the whole entire group. I can understand that that at the same time. But these people are are the most vocal. I mean, but really, who reads Tumblr? Who's more vocal? But and that's the thing. Like, you know, who's even more dominant and vocal are the people making the argument that they're worried they're going to have to remember a bunch of different names and pronouns. Yeah. That's not even a real threat. 
just call your friend by the name they want to be called. What we yeah. called Prince Prince for how many <laughs> years? We don't go around calling Bob Dylan Robert Zimmerman because that's the name he was born as. So when... We respect their preferences because we're not assholes. And that's really all trans people are asking for. It's like, hey, I mean, I've had friends who have gone through hippie phases and changed their name to tree branch or whatever and guess what you know did i find it kind of you know Dumb. like that's not your real name i didn't care i still called them it wasn't actually tree branch but you, you get the idea i called yeah. them what they wanted to be called because it took no effort on my part and to me it was more important to preserve that relationship uh based on civility yeah but th there are a very they, you know change their name and whatever and there is a very very fringe minority and i will agree that who actually expect you to know exactly what their pronouns are before you even interact with them uh and you know the instant you say like okay she looks like a female i'm going to say her until i find out uh they th consider that a form of oppression but i mean it, it, Again, and also consider that people, are, people so... are more tough guys on the internet than in real yeah, life but, but I like, mean, like if you encounter most yeah. people in real life, you know, if you make a mistake, they're not going to jump down your throat about it. They're going to be like, actually, this is my name and this is my gender yeah. address but, but me I mean, with these pronouns. And it's no big deal. You I know? mean, the, the really big deal is that these people are really kind of insignificant. I mean, they only really exist in a very, you know, in coastal cities, uh, on university campuses. And as soon as they get out in the real world and, and taste life, they start to realize, like, you know what? There's a whole other world outside of this kind of gender studies course. Uh, I'm just not going to care if someone accidentally says she, and and that's pretty much the end of it. And and maybe a couple people on YouTube, mm -hmm. no one really cares about these people. And in a lot of a lot of cases, people just subscribe to them to get outraged. Like they love hate watching, you know. Like I love hate watching yeah. Anarchy Ball. Okay, I love I love hate watching. Every time I watch it, I just <laughs> I just cringe every time I watch one of his videos, even though I'm ideologically agreeing with him most of the time. I just love hate watching, and I used to love hate watching. Um, Steve Shives, I used to love hate watching Kevin Logan and Jenny McDermott and all these people until I realized like that's kind of what they feed on. Like that's what drives their internet. <laughs> so I unsubscribe from all of them except for Anarchy Ball. Yeah. I don't care if he makes a little dollar or two, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, <laughs> but these, these people are kind of really insignificant yeah. and I don't really try to freak out about it too much. Um, you know, but the same kind of goes for People like Sargon of Akkad. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I agree with him on. I, I don't particularly like his video style at the end of the day. It's what it really boils down to. Like making a, an hour-long response video to a three-minute-long video, you know, to, to Lacey Green again. It's like, really? Uh, how many times are we going to do this? <laughs> like, how many, I have other things to do. That it's amazing the people who freak out about Lacey Green because I found a lot of her content to be extremely useful and educational and pretty spot on. And yeah. I mean, she's even seen as problematic by some of these more fringe types sometimes too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think the content that she's producing is great. And quite frankly, more people need to be educated about reproduction and stuff still. Like it's, it's amazing how, how uneducated people are about these topics that they're, so quick to come up with a position on and say that they're, you know, they're being oppressed because someone is putting forth a different idea of gender or sexuality or something. And th these aren't well-read people. They they don't care about learning the truth. They just care about their feelings and perpetuating their dominant culture because uh, anything feels <laughs> like a threat when it's statistically insignificant or it's sometimes completely reasonable. 
I mean, there are a lot of really good books that I think, it, for for example, the topic of gender, there are a lot of really well-reasoned, well-written books out there on gender theory and on the idea of gender being a social construct and even breaking down the science behind gender roles and the, the strict, strong, even sometimes violent enforcement of gender roles and how that affects the larger society and it's well reasoned and very well researched and uh you know it'd be great if people read more of those books instead of just reacting to you know how how many trans people do people really come across in real life how many what it's like people point five percent of the population how many trans people do yeah they're like cisgendered point, people they're come like, across in yeah, real life they're like point five percent of the population they're extremely rare and of those people, uh, there there's probably like 0.3% of those who are the ones that expect you to remember memorize 3 million gender pronouns. And so like really – Even it's, less it's a, than that. Yeah. Most of the trans people that it's I've so, come across, uh, they so don't really care. Uh, the only, like, like if you were to say like, oh, that's a that, – you know, hey, hey, what's up, guy? You know, just to be a jerk, they'll probably just roll their eyes and walk away. Like it, it really does not bother them <laughs> at all. Uh, I mean, sure, it probably eats them up inside after a while, but you know, like if just one guy comes up to them and just says, "Like, oh, you're a dude," they're they're gonna, probably going to be like, "Okay, this guy's a jerk. I'm going to walk away." Like that's it. They're, they're not going to, and they're not. They're delicate. not going to pull the fire alarm. These are yeah. people. <laughs> they're really not. Right. You know, my my friends that I know that are trans people. I mean, they've faced a lot of the same struggles as my queer friends too you know getting kicked out of their house at a young age having to face homelessness having to survive without any kind of support system from their friends or family these are hardened people like they've lived they've had life experiences that average white bread america will never understand and never be able to empathize with like they've been victimized over and over and have come out extremely strong and not very PC either. I mean, mm -hmm. like if you, I don't know, if people really got to know um, people radically different from them, I think they would realize that, you know, they're they're not these hysterical people, that they're actually pretty hardened people. I mean, they're pretty tough for having to deal with all of the discrimination that they face and the harassment and the extreme violence too. Um, and yeah, so. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I've, um, so I had made this video response to, uh, I'm sure you may have seen him on my YouTube channel called Eagle Eye 1975. He's since closed his YouTube channel. He's like a kind of, he's probably more concerned. He's probably more like a, like a Glenn Beck kind of libertarian, but he, he, he really is an Austrian economic. So I mean, that makes him a little bit better, but, uh, he's a good friend of mine. So, uh, but we used to, we used to argue back and we used to argue back and forth and he got to the, the transgender bathroom thing. And he was basically making the case that, no, this is a slippery slope. Don't fall for it. And I made a series of kind of videos saying, like, like I really don't care. I really don't care if, if someone who takes the time to at least look the part goes into a female bathroom to use it because it would be even – because it's going to be even more awkward if they go into the men's bathroom. Um uh, but I, I think I think the really I kind hate of, the paternalism of that. Yeah, but I mean, like at the same time, I it's like 
I really don't want a, a guy who just slaps on lipstick to go into the women's bathroom and, you know, just say, oh, I'm, I'm oh a female, which is what a lot of times this is what they'll, they'll do in order to say, like, look, see, like, look at all the trouble it caused. It's like, no, but that guy's not really a trans person. He's just a dude that put on lipstick. <laughs> He's still got a beard, you know. Um, this is another thing that re- that belongs in the that happens section of Reddit. Okay, yeah, these things never happen. There, exactly. I've there. You want to talk about statistically insignificant? These things don't happen at right. all. But I mean, like, there my, are my not cross dressers going into women's restrooms. There are not men who are pretending to be women to beat women in sports. That has never happened. I can't. Well, I, here's I, the thing. And I, Tried to find it. It's not an argument. Right, I, I agree. It's completely fabricated. I agree. The the times that the, the, that does happen, it's usually conservative men who are against trans women going to the bathrooms, trying to make a political point, and just being a jerk. That's all yes. they're doing. So that that's what I was saying because he was pointing out like, oh, but this happened at a Ross somewhere in like Texas or something. I was like, that's not really a thing. <laughs> a- anyway, so I was yeah. making like this video response to this guy. Who's my friend? I disagree with him on this. Whatever. Uh, we were just having a, a discussion, and I was basically making the point, like, like you know, like there there is an objective way because he was basically saying that there was no objective way to know if someone has gender dysphoria, and I was like, well, you can just look up the symptoms on the DSM five, go to a psychiatrist, and if they apply that to you, whatever. And then I had one of these kind of social justice warrior people, and I and, and I understand that that term is kind of a buzzy word, but I think this you will agree that this kind of, like kind of falls into that category, uh, as even as a um, pejorative, who had made this video basically saying like, oh look at this Jim Jesus uh, ANCAP guy, he's he's a transphobe, like he really thinks that it's a mental illness and all this other stuff, and I was like, I'm sorry, did you even watch my videos? And, you know, that's one of the things that I, that infuriates me. It's like, here I am making a video in support of, you know, trans women using female bathrooms. And what do I get? Backlash from the left. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to, like, make any inroads with people like that? You know? Well, that's the internet culture. That's internet outrage kind of culture. You have to survive. If, if your main gig is making money off of peddling outrage, then you have to keep that up. And it it encourages, it incentivizes dishonesty. Yeah. And that's why any kind of art or content or stuff I'm producing, like I don't really want any, any money from it. I don't want really, you know, it's for my friends and it's for me. It's not for some kind of greater audience. I never want to be beholden to an audience. You know, I've seen people that I used to follow who decided to do this stuff full time and they're beholden to shitty audiences now and they're stuck and it's really sad uh because i want the freedom to be able to say whatever i want and criticize whoever i want at any time and not have to worry that my money is going to be threatened you Mm -hmm. don't tie up your money in ideology um you know uh, but but the trans bathroom thing there's so many dudes talking about it you mostly see dudes saying cisgendered men saying oh well we need to protect women first of all i can protect myself when i'm going to take a piss i don't give a shit who's next to me in the stall everyone's going to the bathroom to take a piss if we're worried about pedophilia and if we're worried about sexual assaults on women why don't we start looking at women's families why don't we start looking at their spouses and their family members because that's where sexual assaults occur most likely 
that oh, is where that pedophilia that, is rampant. What is was in that thing families that, what, and churches and social institutions, not random public bathrooms. Yeah, what that was that is thing, insane. What was that thing that Milo was saying? Uh, like, oh, trans people are disproportionately uh, 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 involved in sexual crimes, which I guess is technically true, but it's very misleading no. considering that they're the they're victims. victims of it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Because I was like, they, is that true? And I looked it up and I was like, wow, Milo, that was horrible. He is <laughs> such a liar. He is so dishonest. And that people believe that it's the same argument that was used against homosexuals for all of history. It's like, oh, well, they're they're pedophiles. They're trying to, you know, encourage sexual degeneracy and, you know, rape our women and our children and all of this shit. And it was all proven to be wrong. And another thing, a point on mental illness the same argument was used for homosexuality. It was classified in that manual as a mental illness up until the 70s, yeah. I believe. So the idea that gender dysphoria is still seen as a mental illness by people, I, th- I think is wrong. First of all, I don't think it's really a mental illness. Here's the thing. Um, I, I but think... that being said, but that being said, I, I got to finish this. Even if it is some kind of difference in mental thinking, that doesn't mean it handicaps people yeah. to reason and logic any more than depression, anxiety, uh, or other personality disorders does. I mean, there's there are brilliant people throughout history who suffered mental illness that we see as geniuses. I mean, Vincent van Gogh, uh, even uh, Albert Einstein was seen as mentally deviant in some ways. It's it hasn't affected, you know, it's not like a catch all. It's not like saying, oh, well, someone's mentally ill. So everything they believe can be thrown out and invalidated. Yeah. So That's just thing. not how it works. I had made that it's video. And when I was talking about the DSM, I was you know, kind of talking about it with our cursory level. And I was basically like, you know, it's a it's a mental I don't know if I use the word mental illness, but I was like, but. Let, you know, before you freak out about the term mental illness, and that was like one of the big points I made in my video was like, before you freak out about this, that's not a bad thing to have, a, you know, it, it's a, it, you're talking about something that affects 0.5% of the population uh, where you start to think that you're not the, in the body that you that you are, okay? That that by definition is not a, a mental normality. So it would probably be, a, you know, a, a disformality, right? So it's not a big deal to say like, okay, there's something wrong. That's okay. I'm totally okay with this. I'm not going to like belittle this person or degrade them because at the end, if I was going to say like, oh, mental illness is wrong and everybody who has it is a terrible person, then I would end up having to say that I am a terrible person because I have a mental disorder, you know, and that's uh, attention deficit disorder, you know, but right. I, I, I don't. Yeah, and I have issues too, so. It's, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't bashing it. I was just saying like, there, I mean, I was just saying like, this is, this, this is the thing. This is exists in the DSM five. It's currently stated as a mental illness. So don't blame me for it. Uh, but it, it's currently, you know, at least with the one I was looking at, I was like, you know, so what, who cares if it's a mental illness, you know, there's lots of people in this world that we kind of walk around with and allow for them to kind of live in their own little, their little world. And that's fine. Alzheimer's is a good example of that. I'm not, like say, I'm not saying it's the music same. You listen to. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the same thing as Alzheimer's. But it, one one of the things we learn in Alzheimer's is when someone says like, "Oh, it's you know 1965 outside," you don't tell them like, "No, it's 2017." And you're stupid uh, because 
that will really kind of upset them. If they want to think that it's 1965, let them think that it's 1965. You know, if it'll make their day happy and you won't cause any problems, just let them think that it's 1965 and they have no kids or whatever, whatever they think. Um, you know, so long as it doesn't. Yeah. yeah I, that's kind of the, the view that I have. I'm not saying that it's the same thing. I'm not saying that. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right. Uh, well, gender yeah, gender's a lot more complex. Yeah. And we're finding out more and more about it as we go on. We're finding out that the social side of it has a huge impact, much more so than people have previously thought. And all of these things coming out that, oh, there are only two biological sexes and men and women are different. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. A lot of pretty much all of those studies that those ideas are based on were extremely methodologically flawed. They had extremely small sample groups, or they didn't have good controls. They had a lot of inconsistencies in data. They couldn't be replicated. And people are running with these things, again, as if they're countercultural things, when really, historically, they've been dominantly cultural things. I mean, they were, if you go back in history, they used to use the argument that men and women were inferior because their brains were smaller than men. And they would do these, they would whip out these measuring tapes and be like, see, you know, well, the women's brain is just, and now we know that the, it's not a size, it's not the size of the brain that has anything to do with intelligence. And we're not even sure how the connections in the brain completely correspond to personality or gender or sexuality or anything like that. Like a lot of, most studies are inconclusive and- um, yeah, to say that it boils down to just two sexes or just two genders and, and, you know, social, uh, socialization has nothing to do with that. I think is just, it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I've come around. It, it the definitely reveals part. that people aren't well read. I've, I've come around to the gender part. The sex thing, it's a little bit different. I, I really don't think there's a lot of wiggle room there, but. Uh, we could say that for another time. But there was one thing I definitely want to cover before we wrap up and it, we are getting kind of late. Um, and that is, uh, Jeffrey Tucker's tweet about the deep state. I wanted to get your thought about that. Um, he made a tweet saying, here's the scary thought. Um, the deep state is actually better than the Trump administration. Do you really think that? Or do you agree with him on that? I, I think that in a lot of ways, they're pretty similar culturally. I, I think that they both kind of have a similar goals in mind, which is kind of maintaining the conservative status quo. I don't think that... Hmm. So it, what it kind of reminds me of is how, what we were just talking about, the difference between state justice and social justice. So a lot of people are stoked about Trump being elected president because they think he's going to have these wide-sweeping social changes i mean obviously he's doing it through the hands of the state but like there's a strong element of him being anti-establishment against the deep state which is supposedly where real power lies and the way he got into power was by manipulating public consciousness and through through these kinds of fake social beliefs or, or not accurate social beliefs that immigrants are taking our jobs and we need to build a wall and all of that stuff um but yeah i mean i don't trust the deep state either i mean i don't trust that either side has the best interests of people in mind. i think they're totally selfishly motivated 
And that's what it boils down to for me. They have probably similar agendas, maybe slightly different in how they want to um, implement them, but they're both relying on the same kind of mechanisms, which is manipulation of public consciousness through lies, just outright lies. And um, yeah, I mean, they're they're both bad. Like, I, I don't know that one is worse than the other. You're going to see lying and corruption and oh, no. uh, a kind of will to power idea no matter kind of you know which side it is uh i i guess the trump state thing is more based in populism and uh i think it's a little more hysteric it's definitely playing on people's emotions a lot more um I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't know that the deep state is really going to be sabotaging Trump's administration as much as some people may think it is, I mean, well, because I don't think the goals are that much different. I think they've, they've already kind of got a good start on it, though. I mean, they were already leaking classified, which is funny, considering that a lot of people from the CIA were saying that people like Edward Snowden should have gone through the official channels instead of just leaking stuff to the press. But then they went and leaked stuff to the press. Instead of going through the proper channels, right. right? But I mean, at the same time, I mean, the deep state is kind of responsible for a lot of the instability around the world. Like they're the ones that go around kind of uh, untoppling uh, these regimes, uh, maybe a bad regimes, but you know, the kind of power vacuum that exists after they fall is far worse. Um, you know, I mean, like you could. Point it gives to, rise to the Trump state. Yeah, and is is. I mean, as bad as Libya was, which it was bad. I mean, that was just one thing. The CIA goes around doing this stuff all the time. We don't know anything about it. We can't say anything. Uh, people who want to say something about it can't talk about it because, you know, they'll basically be jailed or sh- silenced because uh, they're not allowed to talk about it because these are classified information. I mean, like, I think that's so much worse. Trump is bad, no doubt. But I, I think – Reaching to the level of the deep state, that really takes uh, – that that's, those are those are really high, tall orders. I don't even think he could fill if he wanted to, <laughs> to be worse than the deep state because um, those are kind of unaccountable Yeah, and I do bureaucrats. wonder – and I do wonder if it was just more snark on Tucker's behalf. Like I don't know that – if you were to sit him down and ask for a detailed analysis of his thoughts, I, I think he would probably – be more on our side i think he would capitulate and say yeah obviously the deep state is bad their actions around the world has given rise to the trump state even um at least from what i know of tucker the conversations we've had about various topics i, I do think it was more of like a snarky kind of tweet um, yeah that's why i was kind of asking because you, you the trump state knew. really is so bad like it really is bringing out it's brought out the worst of humanity the worst of the basically fading culture it's slowly fading it's still the dominant culture but now that it feels victimized it's come raging back yeah. even harder I'm so i do think there is a huge danger in that and he's implementing these policies he's implementing the wall and violent deportations and it's i think it is going to get worse for a lot of disenfranchised people yeah i mean like the other presidents were doing kind of the same thing too it's just that he's really putting a lot of emphasis on that side um 
I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I think really everything, like uh, all I, the administrations have been on the right side, like on the right leaning side of things. And yeah. Like even Obama, I think, was right of center and not really a true centrist position. He was no. more kind of right of center. Hillary Clinton, even more right of center than him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was, she was a, not she was a far from Come on. Donald Trump. <laughs> she was a yeah, total exactly. Yeah. But she did kind of she did try to play into the kind of social justice kind of movement a little bit. She kind of pandered to them because she was just pandering to well, she was pandering to everything. She was just pandering to yeah everything. Oh, she was hanging out with black people. Oh, I have hot sauce in my purse. It, it was so blatant. <laughs> like, like, Bitch, no, you don't. <laughs> I do yeah. have hot sauce in my purse. Hot though. sauce. I love hot sauce. <laughs> I don't carry it with me because there's always hot sauce everywhere I go. Uh, and usually the hot sauce that I like, no, every, you know, it's 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 like lethal. It, it requires warning labels and waivers in order to buy. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. Like, <laughs> if it doesn't hurt coming in and going out, it's it's not really hot sauce. So you didn't have it. Anyways, right? I think that's where we should close it. Do you want to pimp your, your podcast now that I completely destroyed it with that last joke? <laughs> oh, no, no. Here? I'm all for I love hot sauce. <laughs> So, yeah, I do my own podcast. Wait, what? Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah. I'm a hot sauce-tarian. Okay. um, So, yeah, I I do my own podcast now. It's called Iconosass, and you can find it on SoundCloud. The first episode has been out for a while. The second episode has been in very long post-production due to me moving and you know, waiting for my co-host to approve it and stuff like that. But uh, I have the third one ready, almost ready to go. And so, yeah, it's going to be a little infrequent at first, but I finally am in a new place and settled down. So it'll be a little more consistent. So, yeah, I basically talk about weird stuff and it kind of has a, um, I mean, I guess a bit of a feminist bent, but it's still pretty, it's strictly for entertainment and it's meant to be, kind of lighthearted and hilarious and weird. So, yeah, and I, I like it when people send me weird stuff. So that's kind of the theme of it. Yeah, I guess I just started, so. And because there was a little bit of pushback from the last time you were on, you should probably make it very clear that the kind of feminism that you're pushing is not the same side as, you know, Steve Shives or someone crazy like that, right? It's very... Yeah, it's it would, radical, but not in the way that you think. Yeah, it, it, you would one would say like there's actually <laughs> some nuance. Is that a thing anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, you know, I, I try to be nuanced with stuff. Um, actually, the second episode that's coming out, it's going to be me and Angela Keaton. So, oh, she's great. Uh, she's more radical than I am, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I expect pushback from it. I expect pushback in everything I do because that's I've always been kind of brash and outspoken about stuff. But yeah, I do try to add nuance in there, and I also try to be self-deprecating and have a little bit of humor with it too. I mean, I take things seriously, but not so seriously that I can't laugh at myself and I can't laugh at the ridiculousness of the things I cover. I do. Right on. All right, so I am not going to say the W word. Not going to do it. So thank you for coming on. <laughs> I actually did it this time. <laughs> Good. All right. Woohoo! <laughs>
Tired of dealing with governments? Wish there was a better way of not getting busted committing victimless crimes? Tired of having to listen to your parole officer? Never again with the Bipcot NoGov Human License Wristband. This wristband has a NoGov patented NoGov hologram technologies that work on your aura chakras to fungus shui vibrational energy something something to woo state agents off of your trail. It's like they can't even see you. The best part is it actually works. It doesn't actually work. It's so easy to use. Just put it on your wrist or within three inches of your quantum sacred geometry spirit energy and commit all of the victimless crimes you want and totally get away with all of them. And by all, we mean none. And with the fancy Lowbirds podcast logo on the side, you'll be the life of Porkfest. And all of this can be yours for $4.99 plus $2 shipping and handling. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA, FTC, or any other three letters. This product is not intended to prevent, defend, or protect you from any legal action from the state. This product contains chemicals known in the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects or other reproductive harm. Move to New Hampshire, Nevada, or anywhere else that isn't a shithole and you'll probably be fine. These bands are total bullshit. They don't actually work. If this needs to be said to you, you should probably drink bleach. This is just neat-looking merchandise that can start an interesting conversation with yet-to-be libertarians. Order today at Lulberts.com. Are you sick of government lackeys who say you didn't build that? Are you tired of elitists like Barack Obama and Al Gore taking credit for the web while trying to take over the web? Are you disgusted by experts whose concept of the internet is that it's a series of tubes? Take back the free market of computing by encouraging software developers to adopt the BIPCOT NoGov license. The BIPCOT NoGov license allows any use or modification except by governments. Go to BIPCOT.org. That's Bravo, India, Papa, Charlie, Oscar, Tango, dot org. For some reason in, in this country, and in a bunch of Western world, it's okay to just judge. Hey, this is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends Radio Show. Computer programmer Derek Slopey and I have created Fiend Phone. I'm using Fiend Phone right now to talk with and record one of my co-hosts in real time. Take it, Davi. Hey, this is Davi Barker, and I'm a thousand miles away from Michael, but we sound like we're in the same room. We sure do, Davi. So, Davi, please tell the nice people more about FiendPhone. FiendPhone is free, no-gov software that opens up a global world of possibilities for collaborative, high-quality, remote voice media production, and I'm digging it. People can try FiendPhone right now at FiendPhone.com, but we're also raising money to vastly improve FiendPhone and vastly improve independent talk media worldwide. So go to FiendPhone.com to help out. Who will build the audio roads? We will, with your help. That's FiendPhone.com, F-E-E-N-P-H-O-N-E.com, Foxtrot, Echo, Echo, November, Phone.com. FiendPhone, I never knew remote audio could be this good.